Welcome to Mental Wealth for Entrepreneurs podcast, episode 12. Today I have a pleasure to have Hani Melman in my studio, who is a coach and a creator of Self Mastery program. In 2011, Hani moved across the world to Israel, leaving behind a prestigious coaching corporate career. And today she is living her dream by transforming the lives of others. So let's dive in and listen to Hani's story now. Hi, Hani. Hi, Katrina. <laughs> How are you? Thank God. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you for being on the podcast. I guess the first question uh, everyone wants to know is how you, how you became a, a personal development coach. Honestly, I think I was just born to be a personal development coach. It took me a while to say that because I feel like it sounds cliche, but it's the truest thing that resonates with me. Right. So how long have you been doing this for? Um, six or seven years now. Because this is when you went to Israel, right? I moved to Israel in the middle of my first year of studying to be a personal development coach. And I moved here because I lived here the year before and I loved the lifestyle. Right. So that's been six years. And uh, what did you do before that? Did you have nine till five job or you were always an entrepreneur? Yeah, I guess you could say I was more of an entrepreneur. Yeah, I never really had a set nine to five before studying coaching. I had nine to fives during my studies, but not dur- not before. Not before. Yeah, so, so and when you just started this uh, personal development coach um, business, what was the first thing... Um, um, what was the most uh, difficult thing you experienced when you just started your business? The most difficult thing was the mindset blocks, but I didn't realize they were mindset blocks until working on it for like a few years and wondering why isn't this working? The obvious problems in the beginning were I think just the fundamentals of how to have an online business, where to get my clients from like the practical you know, if I want to be a full-time entrepreneur, I have to have a steady flow of clients and a system to bring them in towards my coaching community and just figuring that all out. Yeah. And um, did you have any help? Um, Did you have any friends or family who were entrepreneurs who would help you? That's a good question. I did not actually. I have many friends and family who have helped me and I bug them all the time. Hey, can you check the spelling here? Um, But I actually hired a business coach for three years and that really helped a lot, a tremendous amount. Yeah. So when you just started, um, after which period you, and maybe it didn't happen to you. And and that's, I guess, another question. Have you ever thought of quitting? When you just started, did you have some difficult time when you thought, well, maybe it's not for me? So here's the thing. I never particularly thought this isn't for me. It was more like, this is for me and it's not working. Oh my gosh, I'm doomed. (laughs) 
Like if I don't get this to work, then I'm going to hate my life. That's kind of the thought is like, this has to work. Um, but the feeling of maybe I should give up. I've definitely felt that. Definitely. You thought that. So what yeah. stopped you giving up? <laughs> um, the truth is, is, you know, I would reach out to friends all the times that I just felt like giving up um, and giving up for me. I didn't desire to give up. It just seemed like the only thing to, like I felt that continuing was going to just dig me into a rabbit hole that I don't want to be in. Um, and then, you know, cause if I'm spending all the time on my business and it's not bringing in the amount of money that I need. So then I need to find a solution to, you know, be able to support myself. Um, so then the only thing that seems logical is, you know, just putting the business on hold and then working like a nine to five or, yeah. or not even necessarily nine to five, but another job that's not working for myself. That it's a job working for someone else with a certainty that I'm going to get yeah. a paycheck every two weeks. Um, I call, I reached out to friends and they always said to trust in my higher power, God, the universe source energy and just put the message out into the world that this is what you want and you'll get it. That's what people always said. And I said, yeah, you're right. And just to stay in the present and, you know, just live for today. Not that the future doesn't exist, but to be in the present and go day by day and just keep asking for what you want from the universe. Keep putting your message out there and, and me going. Right. Because you're very, very spiritual, aren't you? And you also mentioned in your um, profile, on your profile, that you were quite uh, quite a bit of a perfectionist, weren't you? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I, I wrote Recovering Perfectionist, right? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> How were you before? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. What a great question. So <laughs> the mentality I grew up with is like kind of shame based. We have to be perfect. Um, very corporate. And my also I studied when I, I didn't just study life coaching. I studied amongst psychologists in post degree programs. So we had a lot of different people from different backgrounds of different types of coaching and therapy and stuff like that. And a lot of the people who are psychologists, they, I guess the university must have given over a different mentality than what I had learned in coaching. It's very like the people who have PhDs, you know, are very well respected for very good reasons. And then coaches don't have PhDs often unless they did coaching after or before their PhD. And there was a lot of mismatch, I felt. Like my personal experience was I felt looked down on for being a coach um, in those educational sectors. And that kind of fed into I have to be perfect. I have to have a PhD in order to be successful and to be respected by other people or else I'm nothing, which was very shame-based. And not really seeing that I have what to give. And it also kind of added to this um, professional corporate mentality that I had seen a lot of growing up where it's like, you can't have a personality. You have to 
be perfect and all that. Uh, you know, when you're writing emails, it has to be very official. And a big part of, you know, my journey as an entrepreneur was learning that if I want to connect to other people, I can't write them emails. Like I'm a secretary for a corporate business. I have to connect with them and be myself, which was really, really, really challenging to do. I can imagine because because this is, I guess, a problem for a lot of um, starting entrepreneurs because they they find these templates, you know, how to write emails and it just doesn't work, does it? You have to be yeah. <laughs> with your personality shining through to attract the right type of people you want to work with, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you also mentioned that um, you kind of try to be perfect and, you know, dressing up nicely, but you were attracting wrong people in your life. Yeah. Yes. Yes, definitely. So that actually goes back to, could even be 10 years ago now. Time passes quickly. Um, I was trying to fit in um, to different groups in order to please other people. So what I would do is I would try to dress a certain way to attract, you know, whatever it was that I wanted in my life. Um, today I use the word attract because that's what I believe. But at the time I never would have said I was trying to attract what I want in my life. I was, I would have just said, I want to be accepted and I want to fit in. And this is how you have to dress to fit in. Um, and that was in many different areas of my life. Um, the clothes that I wore, I felt were a huge part of fitting in and a part of my value. If I don't dress the way the people are dressing who I want to fit in with, I will not be accepted where I want to be accepted. And therefore I will not have love and belonging. That was the belief that I had at the time. Yeah. So what changed it? It didn't get me anywhere. That's the truth. It got it. You know, where was I? It was a very lonely life. It's very painful because you're not really being true to yourself. And one of the biggest lessons that I learned when I was trying to figure out, okay, how do I not feel alone? How do I feel more connection in my life? That it's actually the exact opposite. Being myself is going to give me the love and belonging that I was looking for. Being myself is going to give me the connection that I was seeking. The, but by trying to fit in with different groups of people, mm-hmm. I was actually disconnecting myself from them, which it seems, it seems like, you would be connecting with them if you're doing the same as them, but because I wasn't being true to myself or being a genuine version of myself, I wasn't actually connecting. It was all based on outside parameters that are um, rooted in falsehood. Right. So when you started more kind of paying attention to, you know, who you are and, and be true to yourself, did you lose some of the people from your life as a result of it? Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, you know, I, there was like two big waves of that and I'm sure there's more to come. I don't want it to come. I just expect it because I think that's something that happens through life as we change and as we change and we grow and we are now in a different alignment than we were before, perhaps we're in more alignment with ourselves than we were or maybe our life just changed and we need to align with our new circumstances that could happen as well. And like, that would be an example of someone getting married, somebody moving, 
or maybe starting a new job, maybe having new goals and wanting to surround yourself with different people to grow in a different direction, any kind of a change we have to, you know, then align with it. And the people we were surrounding ourselves with may no longer be supporting us in what we want for ourselves. And by them being in a different place emotionally or just in life and their lifestyle or their goals in life, it may no longer be suitable for us to stay friends with those people. And yeah, it was very challenging when I decided to lead a more spiritual way of life. Um, I had a lot of friends who didn't understand it and we didn't connect as much anymore. Like it wasn't that I actively decided I'm going to cut off these friendships. We just didn't connect anymore. And what I had realized is that, you know, connecting was based on, uh, you know, going out for drinks was based on which party we're going to. And I no longer wanted that for myself. I was looking for something different and it was hard because when there's a loss for me, I experience also a level of grief. It may not be intense grief, but it's losing a friendship or losing a part of my life that I can no longer keep if I want to move forward with specific goals or just a specific way of life, like spirituality, for example. So yeah, I've definitely had to change my friends and uh, yeah, turn over a new leaf in my life socially. Are you happy now? Absolutely. Thank God. I can definitely say so. What was it, what would you what would you change in your life today? What would I change in my life today? Can I say nothing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. I mean, you know, it's not that I think my life is perfect, but something that I've learned, well, perfect doesn't exist. There you go, recovering perfectionist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh it's that I've learned to be grateful for everything I have and also to be grateful for everything that I don't have because oftentimes there's things that we want and would have it at the wrong time. It's not going to be as we imagined. It's going to, on a practical level, it's going to look a lot worse. So I'll give an example, somebody who wants to have a lot of money and then they get a lot of money, but they never learned how to manage it. They're going to have a lot more problems than they did before. They don't realize it. But then once the problems end up happening, a lot of people will tell you that they wish they had learned how to manage the money beforehand. And actually, Berkeley, California did research on this. Um, I remember reading about this a while back, that people who make over $75,000 per year, I'm pretty sure was the number, don't this, but that they are more prone to depression because um, I guess the money is getting to their head or whatnot. So that's a, so, you know, I'm grateful for where I am today for everything I have and everything that I don't have. And there's nothing that I would change. Yeah. Cause you mentioned this research and, um, they say, you, you know, pe- people sometimes can't manage, you know, f- failing at something, but they, at the same time, when they succeed, they also sometimes can't manage the success. And they sabotage in themselves as well. <laughs> so like you said, you know, you, you you get money and then you should be enjoying money, right? 
but money won't make make you happy 100% of the times right if you absolutely yeah yeah so given your um you know spirituality today are you an anxious person or you've you self-managed this anxiety now and i guess the the anxiety maybe was kind of um um link back to your perfectionism in, in the past because it's 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 what ha it happens right you're anxious because you're trying to be perfect and right all the time right but what's ha happening today has this all changed and you're calmer and or do you still have to kind of use some kind of strategies and manage your anxiety or so i definitely have to use strategies to manage anxiety and i have not yet met a person who does not need to um, if I do introduce me to them, I'd love to meet them. <laughs> um, but I, this is how I would put it. I am a person who experiences anxiety. I'm not an anxious person, but a person who experiences anxiety. Anxiety is normal, right? It's normal. If it doesn't interfere with your life, it's, it's a normal thing. Yeah. I mean, it's normal because if your anxiety is not interfering with your life, yes. then I would look into that. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so i would say that for me i've learned how to be calm i've put calm as a priority in my life that i will prioritize using the tools that i now have to maintain you know a calm way of being and if i see that i'm anxious i give that immediate attention and that could look at look like reaching out to friends and sharing how I'm feeling. That could mean going for a walk, going for a jog, listening to music, dancing, um, anything to self-regulate and then kind of, you know, get back on the wagon, so-called. Yeah. So how do you relax? How do I relax? Um, you know, it's different based on, you know, what I need. But one of my favorite things to do is I love playing like calm music in the background and in lighting a candle and maybe it's reading a book or sometimes even just like writing quotes is a very relaxing thing for me to do. I enjoy that a lot. Um, but that's usually actually the second step. As I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing there's a first thing that happens that I didn't even mention. It's kind of getting in touch, which can happen through journaling or talking to a friend. It's usually one or the other um, about what, what it is that's, causing the anxiety and then kind of reminding myself that I believe that there is an energy that's greater than us in this world that's loving and kind and that if I let go and surrender my anxiety to that higher energy in this world that because it's loving and kind it's going to be there for me and it's going to show up for me and that really I don't actually have to worry. And then I just do things that are calm and I focus on slow movement because uh, slow movement, I actually, I help a lot of my clients with this as well. And I would never suggest something to a client that I'm not practicing myself. And it's a lot of people, what they do is when they're feeling intense, anxiety is intensity. They will add intensity to the intensity in order to be calm. An example would be, um, let's use entrepreneurs, for example, right? The mentality of I'm, I'm really anxious. So I'm going to go, go, go. I'm going to 
send all these emails. I'm going to market and I'm going to go crazy. And then I'm going to have the life that I want. I'm going to have a successful business and I'm going to then be okay. And what my experience is, is that it leads to burnout eventually because the anxiety that was there isn't going to go away. A person needs to slow down. And from that place of slowing down, you're able to access what's called higher wisdom, which means it's kind of like meditation, like being able to get in touch with yourself, having a clearer headspace. And then from that place of slowing down and there's no pressure on yourself to be anywhere to do anything. It's just, where am I? What do I need? And from the slow, just from slowing down and letting go of all the other things that you're, you know, distracted by or holding on to, you'll naturally get in touch with yourself. What you're feeling and the things that you really want will come to you. And also the next step for you, which might even be just making dinner, like, cause you're hungry and you can't think cause you're hungry. Like that, that's a very um, practical thing that happens regularly for myself and also other people that I work with. And so that's something that I do for myself. I think that truly is how I get into a state of calm. Yeah. I think you're so right here because a lot of entrepreneurs, like you said, they, they start doing more and they're sending this, you know, like you're saying emails and they try to be busy and then it just, they just end up doing, it doesn't result in what, what they expected to be resulted so yeah uh, come down and think strategically maybe about your future a little, a little bit right yeah and, um, plan it maybe is a good word right plan yeah plan, plan for the future plan for the future yeah. so what what about the situation today um obviously with COVID 19 um there's a lot of un- um, anxiety and uncertainty as well in the world how do you deal with an uncertainty Great question. So as I've talked a lot about spirituality here, I have only found an answer to that in to what do we do with uncertainty in spirit based in spirituality? Basically, right now, it we're experiencing something that's uncertain, and we don't know what's going to be. And that causes a lot of anxiety for people. And they're very nervous about what's going to be. And what we do very quickly almost, you know, naturally is we're trying to solve the problem by trying to control the outcome, by knowing what's going to happen by having certainty. So there's a part of us that feels this need for certainty. And Tony Robbins actually talks about this um, too. He, I think, I forget how many basic needs. I think he says there's four basic needs, either four or five, but two of them are one is certainty. The other one's uncertainty. So we definitely have a need for certainty as well as a need for uncertainty, because if everything was certain, then there's no room for growth and things that were, you know, like like the good surprises that we enjoy in life. So we need both. So instead of trying to control the outcome, we need to stay in the present. And what, how can we stay in the present without trying to control it? It's by knowing that the universe or God, whatever higher power, you know, the person connects to, and has defined as a loving higher power, because if the higher power is not a loving one, then it's not going to serve the person a lot of good. Mm. Um, That that higher power is loving and is kind and is going to get them through this time. Whatever money that they're concerned about, because maybe they're unemployed, they're going to be okay. 
And really what it comes down to is knowing that you're going to be okay. And once the person can truly know that they're going to be okay, even though this is crazy and this is unlike anything anyone who's living today has ever been through, the world has been through things like this, but people living today have never been through this. And I think the certainty can be placed in the universe that we're going to be okay and we'll make it through. We don't know yet, but that's okay. But the certainty, our need for certainty will come from the power greater than ourself, that our power greater than ourself will take care of us. Yeah. Do you think um, today's a good time to start a new business? Absolutely. I believe if you, if there's a will, there's a way there's, you know, I see a lot of entrepreneurs saying that now is because of COVID-19 now there's more opportunity. And, you know, and I think it's nice that people are sharing that, but the truth is, is I think whatever's meant to be is going to be. So if a person is meant to do well in business now, it's going to happen. If they were meant to do well in business before COVID-19, then it would have happened also. I think it's about believing in yourself and being true to yourself and taking action on what you truly want. The time period, you, you can calculate if it's better, if it's not. But I also think that every time period is a good time period. Yeah. So if you were to start your coaching business, um, from scratch again today, would you do, would you do things differently? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I, if I would start it today, I wouldn't know what I know today. Right. So I can't base it on, how, you know, if I knew what I knew today. And also everything I know today comes from all of the mistakes that I've made. So I don't think I would do anything differently. It's frustrating. That's a long time to build a business to build a, you know, an online community to start a movement, but I don't think I would do anything different. I would never be where I am today if I hadn't put all the effort in that I did. It takes patience. And that's, I think for me where the work is. Yeah. So how do you envision to grow in your business? Um, I see it being a natural goal. Are you trying to grow or are you just trying to kind of cater for a smaller number of private clients or do you want do you have plans to grow and um, maybe add some additional services to your coaching um, mastery class so right now i'm taking it just kind of as it comes mm-hmm. um when i see that actually i'll answer this because this podcast is for entrepreneurs so i recently like a couple months ago came across a coach who was talking about um, that we first have to find our superpower and talk about it. And then afterwards we will get a following. That's our business. And a lot of other coaches will say, first create a product that you has, there's nothing to sell. How will you make money? Which is also a logical thing to say. Um, but a lot of times what people do, and I did this myself was create products. And then you talk about the product to try to sell it, but it doesn't get as many sales as you were hoping. And so that was actually a big block I came up with in my business. And what this coach had said that I was listening to is that instead of making a product and talking about the product, find your superpower and talk about that. People will be drawn to you. And once people are drawn to you and you see what the need is, what 
you know, they would like to coach that they follow, then create the service or then create the product and then you can release it to them. So that's kind of where I'm focusing. I would love for it to become big. Um, however, I think that whatever comes naturally, my, my job, I, the reason that I chose to be a coach is because I really want to be able to be of service to the people in this world. Um, the same way I have so many dear friends and I've gone to coaches myself and it has helped me absolutely tremendously. Um, I want to be able to give back what has so generously been given to me. And for me, it's not about how big can I get it to be? Cause that would be feeding into my ego. And I definitely have that part of me. I'm not going to pretend it's not there. I would love to have a big movement and all that. But for me, if I can touch another person's heart and help another person move from surviving to living, I'll consider myself successful. And that's where I'm at now. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's great um, advice from you. So what would you um, advise um, women or entrepreneurs who, 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 who about to give up on their dreams? They've reached this sort of wall of challenges and they don't know the way out and they, 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 they don't know maybe how, which, to, you know, how to find a solution to solve their problem and they're about to give up on their dream. What could you tell them? I'll tell them exactly what I tell myself. When you're about to give up, that's when you're about to have your breakthrough. Don't give up. This is a sign your breakthrough is right around the corner. Keep pushing. Do whatever you need to keep going. You're going to get there and you're going to have your breakthrough. Don't give up before the miracle happens. That's great. Thank you so much, honey. <laughs> that's a great advice. Thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Katrina. I enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mental Wealth Entrepreneurs Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please send me any comments or feedback. If you're an entrepreneur and want to share your story, please contact me. The link is in the podcast show notes. Also, please see the social media links and uh, links to offers from my guests on the podcast notes. This podcast is sponsored by Smart Octopus Voice Agency, who create chatbots and voice skills on Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. So I'm really excited uh, to tell you that this podcast is now available as an Alexa skill. Uh, so you can search for resilient entrepreneur uh, skill and enable it as a flash briefing. So that's all from me. Uh, I wish I wish you good mental health and you are just one mind hack away. Till next time.